0: I'm Justin, and this and is, is Comics
1: Verse.
2: Welcome to another episode of the Comics Verse podcast. Uh, the theme for our podcast episodes this time around is the best comics that you've never read, and today we're going to be talking about Mr. Ree. So uh, I'm Travis Zapp uh, for Comics Verse, and uh, with me we've got a whole bunch of uh, awesome people. So let's uh, go around and introduce ourselves.
3: Hello, I'm uh, Chris, I'm Pete. I'm Keanu, I'm Sean,
1: I'm Kay, I'm Brian,
4: All
2: right, and uh, we're, like I said, going to be talking about Mr. Now before we get going, I'd like to remind everyone that you can find us on the internet, like all over the place. We're on Facebook, Google, Tumblr, Twitter, YouTube, we're on other stuff too, we're all over the place. Shamelessly
0: so. plug it, shamelessly plug it. Yeah, just so.
2: Instagram. If you're just, listening to this, just,
0: just put Comicsverse in the search engine and you'll find all the
2: shit. It's all over the place. You're so before we uh, get into the analysis of the storyline that we read for the podcast, uh, Sean, could you give us a, a bit of an introduction to the comic and uh, who Mystery
1: is? And Sure. So um, we're going to be analyzing Carmageddon today, Tales of Mystery Carmageddon, which is the most recent series that came out in 2014. But there is a prior series and it's actually called Procreation of the Wicked. And this is where we kind of learn about Mystery's origin and it's a lead in to Carmageddon. So it's kind of necessary that we analyze it a little bit. Essentially, what we learned from this series is that Mr. as a child, was taught magic by his mother and his brother. And he's really, really good at it. He's way better at it than them. And he practices a lot. And he wants to summon a demon to help out with his family's financial troubles. But of course, that doesn't go too well. And the demon decides that he wants to, you know, rise out and take over the world. So Mr. imprisons him in limbo. And. That his whole house burns down and his mother dies in this accident. Um, Mr. E goes on to pretend that he's dead. He doesn't want anyone to come looking for him because he's really ashamed of himself and what he did. Um, And this is actually kind of revealed through a conversation with his brother where he's talking to him from prison because his brother's in prison. And they're having this conversation where he's telling him, this is what I did. And his brother's like, you should get me out of here then and Mystery doesn't, because he enchants his brother to find out if he really murdered this girl, and it turns out that he did. So that just gives you a little idea of the kind of person that Mystery is. And the rest of the series is just about this demon, Renobis, and uh, another person named Mr. Faust, who Mystery stops at the beginning of the story, plotting against Mystery to bring him down. And so when Carmageddon begins, he's Uh, in bed with this girl and he's kind of recounting his origin story to her. And he had just actually been saved from the ultimate plot of Vernobis and Mr. Faust, which is to entrap him in a mental asylum where no one believes his story about how he's a sort of uh, a troubleshooter of the supernatural and how he stopped all these demons and everything else. So that's kind of, that's the volume one. Volume two is... A sort of origin story. It, it it finally shows us what happened during the Armageddon and during the Rapture, which is really cool. And if you haven't read it, you should check it out. But he's he encounters this family on the road who have just been attacked by a demon. He saves them, and the father's dying wish is that he get his kids to safety. And so Mister Remakes it his business to do that. And he travels with them, and they encounter all manner of craziness. Uh, they witness a battle between angels and demons, and a an alien superhero named the Jovian. Cthulhu. C- Cthulhu's involved, which is really cool, actually. So there's a lot of uh, different mythologies and theologies involved. And uh, ultimately, he encounters the Antichrist. And is he's not defeated. He doesn't defeat the Antichrist. He just kind of sends him away. And that's the end of Volume 2.
2: Okay, so um, I just want to uh, start off our discussion. I, I mean, the whole thing is the tales of Mr. Re. So who is Mr. Re? What would you guys say, like, in a nutshell, is this guy's character?
5: If you had one word to describe mystery, what would it be?
6: Step up to the mic, somebody.
5: It's like a vigilante magician. It's like a like a more street level Doctor Strange kind of guy.
3: I would say okay, like a bounty hunter magician sort of yeah sort yeah. of thing.
0: I don't know. I like maybe it's because I didn't read volume one, but I just got the feeling that he like at least from what I read that he was just someone who's gifted in these like this magical way, but he's just trying to do the right thing. Like it never seemed like he was like self-aware like oh i'm a hero and like this is what i have to do for the world he was it's very much like no i told this man who was like dying that i was going to take care of his family and i'm going to do that and he seemed really devoted to that
2: yeah he even like insists a couple of times like they try to call him a hero and like say that he's yeah. going to protect him and stuff and he always like shoots that down like you know i'm no hero i'm no angel You yeah, know, yeah
0: because he doesn't feel like one also because like From what I can gather from his history, like many heroes, he's a reluctant hero. So it's kind of just like, no, I'm just trying my best. Like, I don't identify this way. So that kind of also draws the question of whether a hero always has to self-identify as one. I don't think so. Yeah, probably not.
5: By any means. I
6: probably would have put it closer to like Hellblazer, Constantine, just less of a dick and more pragmatic. Like actually like, oh, I want to do good. I'm not a total dick. But there definitely is a Constantine sort of feel to
2: this. I
1: I think he's... A hero, reluctantly, of course, who's addicted to helping people. He's kind of, even in volume two, you do get to see that he had a really troubled past. I mean, you know, we'll probably get into it later, but.
6: Oh, it's definitely going to be touched (laughs) on. No pun intended. What
0: do you Uh, you mean by he's addicted to helping people because.
6: Was that inappropriate?
0: Well, because I feel like he is more, he's more concerned with doing the right thing than helping people because his, you just said that he left his brother in jail because he like actually ended up. Having killed someone. Well, I, I
1: I guess I mean more innocence. He's he's addicted to helping people that are innocent. Um, he's a pragmatic. Sure. Yeah. It, it's pragmatic. Good. In volume one, most of volume one is about him helping people out, and in each in almost every single scenario, he doesn't really want to do it, but he ends up doing it anyway because he's compelled to, and it it doesn't always go right for him. And even in in uh, *Carmageddon*, we see that. He helps people almost ignoring the reality of the situation, and again, we'll get into it more. But there's definitely something going on with the kid Caleb that he totally ignores because he needs to do what he told the Does father he, he would do. Ignore it though. I, yeah. I think so. He absolutely, absolutely overlooks yeah. it. Yeah. Like, so. He's no like
3: no the kid speaking like Lovecraft. crap. <laughs> <Yeah>. exactly. <laughs> like no, no, just eat, eat your eat but your like, food. Like, it's gonna lo- be cool.
0: Like I don't know. Maybe the entire I didn't car read is like into filling into up it. with
2: food trash. Like right.
6: But As then, again, like, he's sitting there like just speaking just gibberish Latin. Who knows <laughs> what the f*** it was.
0: I mean, I understand that only in the context of the story because at the end he has to make that, you know, that decision, that, that make that call of like, okay, this can't be alleviated. But it's also, I don't, okay, I'm not, a, I'm not claiming that he didn't know, but so you're saying that part of his character is kind of feeling like kind of like having a soft spot for the innocent basically or for like children yeah but
1: there's also a compulsion to help people that are innocent it it goes beyond but he didn't
0: try to help i mean not that he would try to like i don't know if he would even be able to help that kid who's like just
6: to point it out you don't know if he uh if mr Reed killed him or not yeah kind of left true. pretty open-ended yeah. could have let him yeah. run away he could teleport away yeah. so that's very vague so he could have that's to fair, add right? to the goodness <laughs> point he could have been like let me on your way get out of here
5: i did want to make one counterpoint though to um to your idea that he's addicted to helping people because i do think we see on a couple occasions where he um makes the point that every time they stop they get in trouble and that they should avoid everyone so i mean i think that there's something to be said for that goal of preserving innocence, but I, I don't necessarily agree with uh that idea that he's addicted to helping people in general.
1: It's because he already had a task. He's very That's fair. driven, very goal-oriented. He was given a task by this man and he was going to achieve it no matter what. And I think, you know, to Kay's point, if he does end up killing Caleb, it's only because he knows that he failed. It, it, the kid is is corrupted. All the other kids are dead. He failed his mission, so Obviously, he should get rid of this person if, if he in fact did do that. He's a so,
6: old terror I don't even know the word. It's a flop. utilitarian. That's yeah. ism. Ism. Yeah. Whatever the best statistic good comes out of it. I um, don't really. I can't. I can't even speak a it. I would just anything. argue. He's a man Talk. of his
3: word. He gave his word to the dad who was dying, and the guy. The, he didn't stop by in, in the first part of the volume two, the Carmageddon. There's a demon attack. And it's killed the father and maybe the mother, I'm not 100% sure on that, of yeah, the family, the, I think. The mother, yeah, yeah, the yeah. mother yeah. they show oh, in the beginning and she's
5: like, oh, she's literally like, like cut, in oh, half. Yeah, she's cut in
3: half. And the dad's there like kind of crushed under a demon and dying. And in his last breath, he asks Mr. Reed to take care of his kids. Mr. Reed's not like, oh, hey, it looks like you're dying. Uh, I'll, Don't worry, they're fine. He's like, he. it seems more like he's a reluctant hero.
5: They do show that he did stop to help that family, though. He just didn't she, want to deal with the
6: yeah. bullshit yeah. surrounding like, oh, now I got to take want, care of kids. One last
2: uh, question before we move on. There's like obviously a very traumatic past to uh, Mr. Ree as we've uh, touched on, uh, but to, to dive a little Is bit. Is that funny? Into that. Like, I don't
0: understand. Uh,
2: yeah. It's, it's more than a little inappropriate considering his relationship with his uh, mentor. So like, how did that affect who mystery ended up becoming?
6: I think that created the whole like pragmatic good, the whole, you have a traumatic past, but he's not like going to well, sugarcoat or bullshit what's going on in the world. He knows the darkness. And
0: well, I mean, to add to what Chris is saying too, I think that, you know, like what Sean was saying earlier about kind of his, not even his proclivity, but like his kind of vulnerability to uh, people who are not weak, but like vulnerable or anything like that. he, Relates to that because as a child, he was put in a position where it's like, no, like, that's not, like, that's not, that's some heavy shit. Like, you can't put that on a kid, like, no, in whatever context, it doesn't matter. And so, like, for him, with the pragmatism, it kind of comes with just, like being real about it, but also having this sensitivity to those kind of people who are just like very vulnerable to the world still. And especially in a world that has like supernatural elements in it. He's very like aware of just being like, no, this is how it is, but I'm going to protect you.
1: There, there's, probably particularly for children. Yeah, there's also the consideration that A, he's responsible for the, the death of his mother. B, he was, you know, molested as a child by a, a protector, you know, by a, a teacher. And C, he's responsible for summoning a a, a creature, a demon in Renobis that now threatens the world, of course. So there's a lot of deep sort of pathology there as it relates to him needing to be not only a savior to people who cannot be helped but a savior almost to that child that was him you know no one rescued him from his teacher no one rescued him from Renobus. he had to live on his own so there's a reluctance to help people because he's seen how that can go wrong because mm. you know what his good intentions led to the, the death of his mother but there's the compulsion to help people that's based on the fact that no one helped him
0: right which kind of draws from the fact that like despite his own misgiving or like not even misgiving that's like too gentle a word for it but like his own trauma from this mentor who he was like this is the safest place for this family right. which so, says a lot yeah like your actually, safest like, place is like
5: your personal hell. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I, I wondered if that was really like his belief that it was the safest place or the only safe place or that no, maybe I, that I was some kind of like. I think it
6: was. Yeah, it's definitely like this I is mean, the safest place with all the magic stuff around it. Like this is kind of protected. Mean,
0: I think it's valid what Pete is saying though, because I feel like it might be a little bit of both where you're just kind of like, you know, even any one of us I'm sure can relate to this where like if you're sad or like if you suffer from depression or anything you kind of just sit there because you're familiar with it and you're just like this sucks and this is bad for me but I'm just gonna sit here and I'm sure like not to say that I'm you know at all well versed in it but I'm sure anyone who has like anything like PTSD or some like trauma that happened to them it's like oh you know what this place is like familiar and so that's quote unquote safe and so let me just take them there
5: and I feel like he also makes the point that he, I think he says like almost verbatim that like it'll give us some time to assess what's going on and I feel like what you're saying is, is salient there that um, he is thinking of it as like well it's a familiar place and it's like at least like the evil I know here is better than like this chaos on exactly, the exactly devil you know
0: yeah 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 yeah. right
1: exactly
2: plus he's like at an age now where like he can face that devil he's got the skills and ability to stand up in a way that he couldn't when he faced in you know earlier in his life i also kind of assumed though that like this was the reason that he kept the cthulhu possessed child along i thought that they were going there because maybe this guy could help get rid of the whole cthulhu possession thing that was just kind of an assumption that i made because like otherwise it didn't make a whole lot of sense that he was just completely seemingly ignoring the situation with the cthulhu possession and not having taken any action to clean up the soul of this kid or whatever so i just assumed like maybe he had to take this kid to his teacher so that the teacher could handle that situation maybe
0: i mean that sounds valid and also like as you were talking i don't know if this is kind of like it might just be grasping at straws I totally acknowledge that. But do you think that it's also because not in like, not in, you know, like line by line, but do you think that he related to the kid being kind of quote unquote invaded by Cthulhu? And it's just like, well, you know, I figured it out. Like maybe like there'll be, you know, like I think that you're right. Like I think he took this kid to his mentor, hoping that it would be alleviated somehow for like a price, I'm sure. I I think. But it's also just like. It goes back to that vulnerability thing being like, okay, like this is happening to you. I was
5: thinking even maybe that like he was thinking that that would be a place where they could bunker down and he could use some of his uh, former teacher's resources to fix the kid and then they could move on.
1: Well I think every point that you guys have made on the subject is, is totally valid actually. I think that probably all of that plays into his thought process. But I think what Chris said about him sort of being this pragmatic person relates because He's just because he had this traumatic experience with his teacher doesn't mean that he's going to disregard the fact that this guy knows his stuff. So in his mind, this is the safest place for these kids, regardless of what else is going on with this human, because there's craziness everywhere else. And also consider that when he did burn his house down and he did run away, he ended up with his master. So he associates that person with a safe haven in crisis. So I think that that part probably plays a big role in it, too.
6: So, yeah, real quick, what would you guys think about the uh, the title of the book? Anybody have some experiences they'd like to share about that?
4: Yeah, It, it, it was
0: quite an enigma.
3: Yeah. It t- took me a little oh while God. to realize that it was mystery. Yeah. Oh, um, boy.
0: Yeah, God. no, I was a moron, too. So yeah. let's yeah. just all acknowledge that we're all morons about it. It's I fine. I'm really glad somebody else brought
5: that up. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> there we I, go. It was a, not until the, the character mentioned it, like yeah. Abby or whatever, right? Yeah, yeah, she's yeah. like,
2: Oh, Mr. E? Oh oh I get it. I'm like get, get what? what? Uh, uh,
5: oh, okay. All right. Yeah, so <laughs> not my proudest moment.
6: <laughs> so uh yeah, good talk. So In uh
0: comics <laughs> analysis. <laughs> In that, was a, that was a good question. Let's <laughs> talk. Okay.
4: Here at Comicsverse, it takes us a while to distinguish very simple puns. <laughs>
6: You're welcome. So, on a on pun related note, um, <laughs> regarding this story, what did you guys see as the uh, central theme and the nature of good and evil in this story? Mm-hmm. Who are the real monsters? Are they the people? Are they the monsters themselves? That's interesting. Oh, the whole niche. Can, um,
0: can I, can I thing.
2: just go in there? Sure. Well, hmm. I only just. That's what vi- she said. <laughs> she did, in that? fact. You know. Oh, boy.
0: Never mind. No, you, okay. You can't refute
2: like, it. You did just say it. I
0: did. That is something I said, and I do go by the pronoun she, see? so it's not. He's,
1: he's not wrong. Unrelated. I thought this was an un. The same way I could say y'all
0: are white, like it's the same shit. It's just redundant now. You okay, can't anyway. Prove
1: that. <laughs> not to the
4: people listening to the podcast.
0: I would like to see your like ancestry.com chart right now and see where you came from. Here I we really
4: go. thought the second half of I would like to see your was going somewhere really bad. <laughs>
0: Dude, I mean, this is do you podcast. know me at all anymore? Like, <laughs>
4: how
6: quickly we derail.
4: Right.
0: <laughs> what was so, I even saying? You were so about about good and and evil. What was I even saying? I don't even th- 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 remember my like central short-term themes, memory. Central central no, that's themes. not what I was talking uh, well, about. The, the, question,
2: the question was about the uh, central theme of the story, the nature of good and evil, and who are the real monsters.
1: We know where your head is well, at. Well, there were some. Be they were just so really dark and, and depressing. Cut. The
6: train oh, is oh, still not back on the track.
0: Thought <laughs> well, we got back on. The track. I was
1: trying. Travis, help us, please. All right. Okay, central so, themes. So central themes:
2: nature of good and evil. Who are the real monsters?
0: I can't answer that, but I do think that the only reason why I can't answer that is because that's like a very tenuous question, especially with the characters in this comic. Because when they finally get into like that ur- urban environment against Mr. Rhee's suggestion, there's, like, all those angels being, like, don't worry, citizens, like, da-da-da-da-da, and, like, they're very much, like, supposed to be epitomized as, like, you know, the good, but I didn't, not to say that they were good, good or evil, but it just didn't seem like, I don't know, like, for me, I feel that the distinction between good and evil is also about, like, how active you are in being good, and Mr. Rhee is definitely, very active about like doing the right thing even within the context of himself yeah, but he doesn't do a very good job <laughs> that's, yeah, that's not, that's not necessarily
3: with, his fault right he's, yeah but like he's charged with taking care of these kids right well how many of them died like, the so he, he like succeeded hard on that, <laughs> that actually brings up a fact because with the whole rapture happens which i mean means everyone left is kind of like you know well, fucky. But he tries to prevent the kid from being raptured, doesn't he? He's like hanging on. Oh, yeah, He's yeah, like, he does. don't you yeah. go up to heaven.
0: But I mean, like, but it's, not I, the rapture. So, it's something he, else. Does probably. he necessarily know what that is? Yeah. I mean, that's true. That's the thing. Okay, fair yeah, point.
6: Yeah, especially true. there's a giant Cthulhu, you know, chilling right, in the middle yeah. of the, I mean, the, the context,
3: city. Just panic.
0: Yeah. Be, also, there's also good and, a
3: heavenly host there. So gotta,
0: no, like, but the thing is, like, good and evil is so contextual to the person. It's, like, very subjective because I'm sure, like, the angel people thought that they were doing the right thing and was just like, calm down, citizens, we're dealing sure with the this monster, or whatever. I'm sure the, the demons thought they were doing a great job, too. No, that's what I'm saying, <laughs> but that's why I'm just, like, it's kind of just, like, in the context of his world, of course, Mr. is going to be, like, okay, there's a kid getting sucked up into the sky and he doesn't want to go. Okay. Like, of course I'm going to f- stop it. Yeah,
6: giant tentacle monster. Like it could be like heaven's actually yeah. down and hell's actually upward. I don't.
3: Well, in in that sense, though, he does fail to protect that kid too, though. So he, no, like... but
0: it's not about whether he succeeds or not. It's about whether he tries. Well, well, he I, I think yeah. for him, yeah, I think true. for
6: him, it's him succeeding since it's like I made this uh, promise to the dad, and I'm, I keep oh, losing these children and killing
5: them. I, I think. I think she's just saying in general, I like, think, in terms yeah, of like morality. If
1: we're an analyzing it, then we're right in the sense that he's ultimately trying to do the right thing but right. yeah for how I mean, I he, he feels had, i think chris is right that he probably feels like a failure He is. but failure. i mean
5: i think yeah, if we're,
0: if we're talking about yeah
5: if we're talking about good See. and evil though i think like he's very right. clearly good he's right. very yeah.
2: clearly yeah. in the yeah. right yeah. morally like, he's trying to do it's not about what they the feel right about
0: it it's like yeah. lots of heroes don't think that they're doing enough, but they're doing the right thing. But, sure. like,
2: even outside of just him as a, a character, like, what about the book as a whole? Like, we see a lot of examples of, like, good and a lot of examples of what would be, like, evil. And, like, Mr. Ree's kind of, like, trapped in between as, like, a sort of Shades of Grey character, kind of traveling through it all. But, like, the good characters, the angels, the Jovian. The pastor?
3: Yeah. The, the pastor was the not Pastor is man. evil. But that
2: was the point. That oh, you're okay. you're, you're yeah. taking oh. the,
6: the, the context of good and evil. Pastors generally are
3: supposed to be generally are supposed to be good, except you. Know, did anyone it was else the opposite? For reference, there is a they go to a church and the pastor takes them in, and it turns out the pastor is like kind of crazy, and he sacrifices a kid to a monster. But spoilers, else, spoilers. Are we not? Are we not I mean, that? we're way <laughs> past that. Yeah, I feel, yeah no. I'm I just just kidding. So, okay. uh, did anyone else kind of see that coming? Because like, yeah, you know, yeah totally. Oh players. yeah. Apart from the all over the place. Yeah, so yeah, was the big up, clue. The also, like, he was if it very heavily implied, or and you know to have some molestation sexual assault to him oh, like, oh yeah let's go to a church with churchmen. like oh I didn't they did
0: say things. if it was they I didn't say if
6: it was actually, Catholic or, or not yeah. so
3: oh, yeah, <laughs> well I, he I mean, was he was
5: wearing um I mean there true. was definitely a yeah. dissonance
4: but, but I don't know Lutheran. if I
0: related that's, it to the sexual yeah. assault
4: part my thing is just I kind of read the link I read it thematically I mean
0: Oh, okay, yeah, no, that makes sense. Which Because I get see it, that, cause it that came
3: from surprise the when the kid gets fed to demon. I was like, oh, well, yeah. good. Yeah, well, I mean, exactly. thematically, like, it all
0: it, relates because it's right, like Cthulhu, and then it, just like the raptor, and just like religion right, no, in but general, but, like, I mean, like superheroes and demons, and-
4: yeah. Just At all of the, it. for the setup of that situation.
0: I thought it was going a bad direction.
4: Yeah. It's Not the way the way it went. Yeah. So like mm. I wasn't surprised yeah. that it ended badly. I was surprised what the bad... Misdirection. Yeah. misdirection. calls it.
5: Like He's just like, I don't trust him. And then it's yeah. like immediately <laughs> afterwards <laughs> <so> <laughs> he's
3: feeding the kid to the like, monster. Like, I told so. you.
2: <laughs> with that whole section of things there, though. And like, with his behavior towards the kid. Like, I mean, I tried to justify his behavior towards the Cthulhu-possessed kid by saying like, all right, he needed the teacher to help out for some reason. But like... This scene here, he's walking into the church. Oh, all these upside-down crosses. Not a single one of them was, like, left sitting up. The guy's trying to, like, oh, yeah, you know, the rapture, building shook, things fell. And I'm like, all right, but, like, every one of them just happened to fall
3: perfectly upside-down. But do you think that
0: his inaction is based on his own insecurity about his like opinion or like, I don't know. I'm not, I'm like not basing this out of anything. I mean, I'm just I, I saying that like, his is I think it comes like-
6: back to that pragmatic. He has a goal. He needs to succeed. He's probably going to do a lot of shitty things and go to a lot of places he doesn't want to in the process. But in order to succeed, where else is he going to go? Is he going to go back on the road where there's... Right. things being eaten well, I mean, giant you, demons sorry. popping out of nowhere Wait, I, what is the it may not be the best scenario but it's probably the best scenario out, out of what it could be I but if
2: he knows he's going to like a demon worshiper and he's like got the evidence surrounding him you'd think that he would take some action to protect the kids well, They he he probably should have killed him off. right away
1: you guys gotta remember you're talking Miracle. about someone who thought it was a good idea to summon a demon to solve his family's financial problems yeah he's, that's a good point he's that's not, never a good idea yeah he, but, he's not he doesn't well, necessarily have the best idea maybe ideas about what's better, demon. he just wants to do the right thing,
5: or maybe it's just he's not afraid enough, like he's cocky That's enough to think too. that he can handle these things.
1: Yeah, but the other thing that I, I did want to say about the nature of good and evil is that I would kind of characterize God in this story as kind of evil because you're seeing everyone in peril and the rapture happens and there are people who are left just to die
6: welcome to every but critique I mean, like, of
1: theology okay. <laughs> No, but like that's the rapture
5: i don't because I, I think i just i do want to say this real no, quick because i think go. i think we're like maybe getting a little away from the point there where what? like we keep maybe like looking at these like the figures of like the angel and the superhero and god as like actually being evil i don't think they're evil but i think it's about the idea of like the notion of what's good failing not necessarily like God being evil, but like that, yeah. but the notion of this ultimate protector, like God or an angel or, or Superman, you know, well, but Superman if, proxy. But if, those things failing and then having a character like Mr. Re actually being the hero.
1: But if the goal is to save these people, because there, I, I I don't think there's a coincidence that the rapture happens right alongside Armageddon, right? Well, it's so, not a coincidence, right? I right. think that's what the Antichrist does. Well, yeah, that's, yeah that's, absolutely. absolutely. So, so if that's the case, then the rapture as this opportunity to save people, that's God's choice. And he chooses to leave some people there. And with the assumption being that they're going to die. But yeah, but they're sinners. Welcome, mm-hmm. Right? I mean, that's- what if, okay. wait, no, yeah, what about we'll, the other kids? But- Only one of the kids gets taken up. You're again yeah, talking critiques
6: the on and re- religion like and like every atheist agnostic. Sure, anti. sure. So that's a much, much deeper question outside yeah. of yeah, the we story. Have, we have of- a
2: whole other segment just well, devoted to
6: the theology behind yeah. it like I mean, this, So yeah. we will get to that fun part later. So keeping... The bus going. The last two questions. It's it's the bus. The train wasn't working, so I had to change to a bus. Maybe next we'll be on an airplane. The train broke down. Yeah, it broke down. Someone kept derailing it. Somewhere around. Looking at you. Racism and sexuality. (laughs) Yeah, somewhere around there. All right. So, as far as the structuring and framing, did the framework of the story work for you? Why or why not? What about the vague, open-ended plot lines? I have some thoughts on that.
5: I the structure didn't work for me. Okay, I really enjoyed the story, first of all. So, mm-hmm. I, you know, this is just a critique. Uh, I don't think that this story should have been a miniseries. I didn't think that it had enough room to breathe. And I really didn't feel like I had enough connection to any of the children besides Abby, because she was really the only one who had any real dialogue. I felt like there were all of these elements where, like, you know, we have this superhero character who, I mean, based on what you even told me, because I also didn't uh, catch the first volume, that... um he has like really no. He has like what three panels of of time actually on screen. He dies off screen. There's all these really interesting elements of this world that I would have liked to have seen get fleshed out that just kind of get glossed over just to mm-hmm. get through, or it feels like to get through the narrative because yeah. we know because he knows there's only four issues to get through.
1: I actually I thought feel that too. <clears throat> I actually thought that that was intentional because the point is that this is supposed to be very like surface level very street level and so the jovian the angels cthulhu all of that stuff is larger than life and that's not what mr re is concerned about and the story kind of follows him and his journey and so it's not really about that other stuff and it was left out for that reason that's how i yeah but that's so
0: integral to his like to me at least like i agree with pete in the sense that like i like the story well enough but i was just like like i wanted i felt like i was you know like hungry for more i was like i want more development i want to yeah. know more about the universe but i, I want to know about about him i agree with Chris. i want to know more about how he gives a shit about this family and like you know like because he like feels so pained by each of the children's death or like disappearance or whatever and it's kind of just like yeah of course that's upsetting but i don't understand well, why like do you I'm, know what i mean like i almost didn't understand him well enough for that to it, be it did feel
4: a little rushed well, I, I, yeah, you know i exactly. just i, I, I wish I the story had more. more room to breathe yeah exactly you know, yeah, like, I, I wanted, wanted more, more. We're talking about two separate things though did knowing more about him as a character i agree with kat i could have gone with a little bit more spaced out about him but i, I agree with chris about the world uh, with sean i'm sorry about the world in general i kind of like the concept that we weren't shown everything that was happening yeah we no that was in- fine bits and pieces. And yeah. We I mean, I've feel- shown it in the way that someone would experience it.
3: It, it felt to me like he's like a metropolis PI and like Superman's like, Hey buddy. And then goes on to do Superman stuff. The story's not about right. Superman or the Hogan yeah. or the, these angels. It's about this guy who, yeah, on, on the ground sort of, he's got the kids there's a whole other apocalypse going down but he's not the guy who's gonna like kill Cthulhu see, I, almost,
2: I didn't really have an issue with like not getting to see more of the Jovian or anything like I actually didn't really like the Jovian as the character like this sort of Superman Jesus figure kind of thing I wasn't sure exactly what he was supposed to be in the larger context of things so like having just read this story and no other context for the Jovian I was like is this a Jesus metaphor is he just like a Superman stand-in but like I didn't really care much about that character so I didn't really. Care cares like see any more of him my big issues with the the story were we're told like that uh, Mr. Ree is such a great magician that there was just this epic battle fought with him taking down all these monsters but then throughout this four-issue series we don't get to really see him using his magic to take down yeah, any monsters. Yeah, because he plays
0: babysitter the whole time. Not that's but a like, bad thing. They, but like, run know. into
2: monsters though. He's up against monsters a couple times. Yeah, of and course. And ultimately they are just like, alright, everybody run. He even sets up a situation like if ever there's more monsters all of you run and I'm going to take care of them and then that still doesn't happen. I mean, Th- go
0: ahead. No, I mean, I, like, I agree with what everyone's saying in the sense that, like, I agree with Brian in the sense that I think the world is filled out perfectly well. Like, it doesn't leave, like, if it leaves any blanks, it's not noticeable. It's kind of just like, yeah, I f*** f with this world. I can get into it. It was more that, like, even just before the podcast, when we were talking about the first volume, I felt like, okay, like, this is something I would have wanted just as a backbone for this character that would have made more sense for this miniseries, but... You know, like what Pete said before, just like at risk of sounding redundant, it's just kind of like I wanted more from yeah. him. Yeah, and, and I and
1: I I understand how if you only read Carmageddon, you would feel that way. So anybody that's listening, you should absolutely pick up the first volume because it's mm-hmm. integral to understanding who he is. I, I want to say something to Travis though because you you mentioned that we don't really get to see him fighting these demons. The thing about Mystery is that he again he's really a low level sort of street level hero. He's not cut out for this this Cthulhu the the angels and all that stuff that's not his realm so
2: yeah, but the monsters that they they just open up the story with like, yeah, so I just rescued all this family from all these monsters and we don't get to even see that fight, which would have been really cool just to see that and see how he uses his magic against those monsters. We're told the battle happened, but we don't see it. And then any other time there's monsters that show up later on, like I'm not even talking like the big Cthulhu thing. I'm talking like the street level monsters that they run into. His strategy is like, all right, everybody run. I'm not even going to hold these guys off. I'm going to run also. Like, there's no... He never uses any of his magic. Like, for being a magician character, I would have expected to see the magician do some magic.
5: Yeah, it would have been nice to get a little more action. I can understand that, yeah. Again, I think that's something that, like, if we had a little bit more... If it was instead of a four issue, it was six issues. Like, that would be something that there was more space for. Because I get it. There's a lot of story to get through. They had to kill off five kids. Yeah. But uh, yeah, that's just, like... (laughs) That's just one of the things I feel like maybe got lost in the shuffle like if we had another two issues just to kind of flesh some of these things out
6: so fun fact FYI coming up within next month issue or uh, volume three will be coming out Woo! so hopefully good you'll good be word. getting um the rest of these action scenes, but now keeping the bus rolling forward to the last segment of still, questions. Still a, bus, still a bus. Yeah, still a bus. Still a bus. We haven't, we haven't changed. Honestly, you're going yeah, much and quicker than. Now we're than we're getting. No, no, no. I'm just saying that you're are, going Do we lot have quicker. to change a vehicle, Kay? Do we have to no. change a vehicle? Are we no, are we everyone, derailing again? Is everyone
0: wearing their seatbelt? Is everyone, is everyone, seat belt? Is everyone ready? I was <laughs> just saying that we were moving I a little like bit quicker idea. than but noticed. So we
6: need to
2: slow this bus down. Oh well, we we have some It's
0: not speed. It's not that movie
2: that was terrible. with Hey, yeah, that was, was me at the time.
3: time that movie. Movie. That's right. Right here.
2: Oh, that's
6: true. I was, I was getting to the next questions, guys, so we can relax. I'm, the bus driver's in control. <laughs> Let him drive
1: the bus. Along, Chris.
6: All right, Come thank you. Okay, so go. All, right, For, go, all right, go. Our all right. next go. couple questions. What do you guys feel this genre is? Is it horror? Is it um, maybe more along the religious end? Maybe adventure? Um, mashup. A, a I, mashup. That's, a couple things. What are the biggest strengths, what we kind of talked about, and the greatest weaknesses? Basically, what kind of story do you see this as, and what do you like and dislike about it? and that's plenty to talk about. So, you know, just I, listen to the bus driver.
2: I would say that like the biggest weakness of the story for me it was actually like from a structural standpoint outside of like the lack of action. Like that was something that bothered me. I would have liked to see it, but I don't think the story necessarily suffered without it, but like just having read only Carmageddon without having read volume one at all and having no backstory, the framing of this tale was kind of weird. Like he started mm-hmm. out issue one telling this story to this woman Very and then we didn't form. get any reminder throughout the rest of the series that he was telling a story to anybody. That was my second. And then problem, in like yeah. the last page or so, it's like, oh yeah, by the way, I've been telling the story to this chick. You remember from the first page of the first issue? It's and like, you're like oh, oh shit. Oh shit, right, <laughs> yeah, that's right. All of this was a flashback. What the hell's even happening right now? Uh-huh. So like that was just kind of weird. I feel like even if they just had like one page in the beginning of each issue to remind you that, like, so anyway, I'm still telling you this story and blah, blah, blah. This is what happened next. I,
0: I feel like structurally, structurally, I totally agree with you, Travis. But at, at the same time, I, I was almost kind of excited by the fact that at the end, I was like, oh, shit. Yeah, this was a f-. like this was like a storytelling thing. It was like a story within a story. And like, I kind of f- with that only because I mean, <laughs> to you now. I do that. Well I'm just Okay well I'm just saying that like It's funny because Maybe I would have even The only reason why I would agree with you Is because I would want their The development of his relationship With that woman in bed To be developed more yeah. Just so you can see the contrast more, more And then I would have been More hype about it But The whole
3: I mean when I started reading it the first scene where he's like, "I'm disgruntled," and there's an attractive woman here. Uh, that that drew me in, and then I completely forgot that he was telling a story. I, I, I think it could have started with him, like, "I'm standing next to this car, and there's a, a man that's just been crushed by a demon." Because it it is felt at the end, especially because in the end of the at the end of the arc or whatever, we get to a point where he's like next to the Antichrist, and the Antichrist is like, "Oh, well, you've been in this house for like." 10 hours, bro. And he's like the kids and he runs outside and presumably the Cthulhu adult fellow has done something terrible to the other remaining um, child. And then it just fades back to the, anyway, that's what I was doing when, you know, shit went down. And And then, That ends with a hook, so the whole thing just felt like a really cheap filler. Like, what did what did this accomplish? And bear in mind, I have not read the first volume, so I I was
1: going to provide a a perspective based on the first volume. And so, in in that context, the beginning of the story makes a lot of sense because that girl actually just saved him from the mental institution. Uh. So he, the reason why he's there is because they just escaped that place, and they're kind of promise, right? Is the name of yeah, promise exactly. That's the name of her organization that she that she works with. So magic shield. Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> something like that. There's more to it, but like I'm not going to get really into it here. Just read the first spill. volume. The, the thing that bothered me was that it <laughs> was that the first volume ends on a cliffhanger in that, you know, that he's reaching out to her, but you don't actually see him get rescued. So when volume two started, I was feeling, OK, cool. Now I get to see the aftermath of that. Where's the story going next? Yeah. And then it sucks you out of that and into this sort of prequel, which was good. But I really wanted to see more of where Volume 2 left off. So in that sense, it was kind of weird. And also, Volume 1 has a very different narrative structure than Volume 2. I feel like the
5: recurring theme here is that we need more. I
2: want more. I want more mystery. Well, that's
1: a good thing, right? Yeah, that's definitely a good thing. And and that's
2: like, I think... So one of the reasons that so much is kind of left out, because like there are a lot of like missing chapters, like yeah. now what the hell is going to happen with this Cthulian child? Is he going to kill him? Is he still going to like exercise the Cthulian demon, whatever? Yeah, this Is, kid's is going he at under? the promised like, base or something like yeah, is he in I, a bunker somewhere? Yeah. What's going on with this kid? And what was I supposed to take away from this story? Like, about Mr. Re, like that he tries to protect people, but ultimately can't. Like, that, because I, I feel like that's kind of like what he is saying ultimately. But right. like I, I don't know. Again, I mean, I just need more context to like this woman, his relationship with this woman, and I think volume one would have helped out a lot with that. But I also think like it sounds like you're saying like you didn't even really get to see the rescue occur.
1: No, it, it's, so it doesn't like, take
2: place on screen. This yeah, it does just, not like writing like action
1: scenes. So you know?
5: does he know her before that moment? So or
1: very briefly, I'll explain. He he meets her. She comes to him and sort of says, hmm. "Listen, we have this organization called Promise, and we do what you do." except we do it as a team better. And so we would like you to join us and he denies her. But then when he's in his final hour and he's trapped in this mental institution and sees no way out, he reaches out to her and she comes and helps him. but you don't actually see that part. So classic men not wanting us for help, right?
5: <laughs> so so Female in the beginning mystery. of this, they're clearly lovers now.
1: Do, now, they, that, well,
3: they never get there, like right. the, like all the other but, action in the story. We yeah. never actually there, see that. There's so. no,
1: there's a hint of it in the uh, story's
3: all about blue balls.
1: That's <laughs> the, the entire
3: that's what the story's all there's about.
1: There's a hint of it in uh, the volume one, but some sexual tension or yeah, but okay.
3: it never ever ever goes in that direction. Which, which, knowing what, we, what we've explained about the first volume, which I will read immediately after this, but so you meet the girl in the end of the first volume and you kind of meet her in the beginning of the second, and then we still don't know who she is, except for the fact she's got very fancy lingerie like <laughs> who is she she this volume uh, volume two should have like probably key, i thought she
0: was a prostitute before she explained herself we don't okay, know that she's that not
2: there. a prostitute if nick shield had presented him or if nick fury had presented himself to uh iron man at the end of the first movie in this lingerie i think tony stark might have uh joined up with the avengers
3: <laughs> he a makes, makes a very sense. valid no. point true. very don't valid would have point i have to rethink the recruitment process of
1: maybe comics right? um well so just to briefly answer the question you do see her kind of at length in the first volume and you know that there's more to promise than meets the eye they're definitely not what she says they are so and that's kind of lost in translation for volume two you you don't get the idea that there's this hidden agenda you just assume that she's you know a partner of his and that that's not the case so i wish that they would have delved into that more it just makes the
3: the second volume seem like the end of like the, the Hobbit 2 where he's like
1: I'm fire
3: I'm death and then he doesn't burn the town because like I want that's what you want to see and then he goes next one, next time, one. <laughs> next <laughs> next time next on time. Dragon Ball Z <laughs> then, I mean,
0: no but like cliffhangers is one thing but another thing is like especially with comics you have to give the proper context between yeah. volumes too so like even if I Okay, so like my case is that I only read volume two, and like even so, I should have had enough context for the story to flow.
1: I agree with that. And completely. that
0: was the only thing that was that it was short on because I feel like I'm so confident that if I read volume one, that I would you know get on volume two more. But at the same time, like I ended up having that same thing that people were saying earlier. Just like I wanted. More. I think well, like,
5: oh, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. I think like speaking of that too, especially considering this is like an indie book that like there isn't like there's not a Wikipedia page, there's no like concise summary for you to be like, oh, I only caught the newest one. Like you know, I like really dug and tried to find information about. Again, I can't remember what's the web series that
1: Mr. Nightmare World,
5: Nightmare World, which is mm. uh, Image and Shadowline, but it was a web comic, and I had a lot of trouble finding information about it, finding information about the first volume. So once I actually realized that there was all this context that might exist it was not easy to track down it's like that being said it would be really nice if there was like a two or three page quick just like hey here's the context of the universe and everything Mm. you know and
6: some of the volume books do have that in the back that i've seen
5: i had digital copies so that's probably part of my problem But
0: But that's like a persistent problem for any comic, I feel like, too, because even when I was catching up on Bitch Planet, like, not that that that's related, but I'm just saying that like, even with that, like, with digital copies, sometimes they just count all the summaries or like all the fun essays in the back or like the comments. And that's just kind of a bummer because that is totally part of giving money to the creators, but also just getting that little extra. Yeah,
2: Yeah, it's It's part of the experience. Uh, Yeah, exactly. Nice.
6: Even if it would someone have, someone knows someone a Coke.
4: Like a, a, a short descriptive page. It didn't even need to be like a long flashback or taking up any mm. story. time. It could have just been text. Right. Like, like, just like, give me like, three paragraphs. It's like, like a like, paragraph of text on the first, just like you. establishing, you like, hey, here's the status quo that you're going into on page here's a one. It's Coke.
3: <laughs> yeah. yeah, I, agree I mean, with like, that.
4: I know what we're saying with digital comics, but digital, not to sound really cliched, but digital comics are the future. A lot of people are only reading these books digitally. Well, and that's
0: it's what I'm green. Sa- Well, yeah. that's what I'm saying because, like, I feel like. That's that's something that most creators have to consider as well like unfortunately because some people only work in analog like I relate to that but at the same time you have to like consider what the new thing is or like what you have to anticipate what's coming next and digital comics is what's coming next not, not to mention that and, and just just generally uh- I think that any creator, especially at this point with the way
4: comics get out, be it digitally, be it word of mouth, be it over social media. Not that I'm saying that, you know, every every story needs to rehash everything you've done before. But any creator should realize, especially like, you know, this was released as a number one. It's a miniseries, but it's a number one. Any creator should realize that this might be the first thing that someone is picking up.
1: Especially with an indie book. Exactly. Yeah, that's exactly the point I was going to make, Pete, that, you know, Marvel has the ability. DC has the ability to kind of assume that, you know, who Spider-Man is. So they don't yeah, really need obviously. to, yeah, they don't need to have every issue just, hey, here I am, I'm Spider-Man. But they got my powers and really stuff. Really? Because
6: that's every movie that they come out with. <laughs> and right. they, hey, well, this is how
1: he became Spider-Man. And I wish they would stop doing that. <laughs> that's but why they were terrible. Even in those books, the first page is always a recap. And there's a reason for that. And with a character like Mystery, who, while interesting, we don't know a lot about, even myself as having read, you know, volume one and volume two, I'm thinking to myself that it would have been great if there was a refresher. It would have been great if there was something. But wait,
6: his name is Mystery.
3: Maybe that's all part of the
1: story. (laughs) It's a (laughs) mystery. I
3: actually didn't have as much of a problem with like not knowing the complete like backstory. Cause within this mini segment, I had no idea there was a first volume. I thought this was the first volume to be completely honest. At first I did too. Same, 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 same. And then some things, the only problems that for me popped up at the end when they're like oh we know who you are and it seems like oh I probably should know this information already but like from getting the kids and like going to the the house of the the master it's weird um <laughs> they uh you know, we kind of see what he can do. He's a magician. He's not like Jesus. He's not. No, well, he's not like. A, he's not like. A, you know, he's not blasting things left and right. Much like Jesus. Much, <laughs> unlike Jesus, the adventures of Jesus. Although
0: there
6: is a great comic where Jesus does do that. Battle that Pope, th-
3: Mark chapter seven verse three,
6: and Jesus blasted the devil. <laughs> <laughs> that
0: sounds awesome.
6: I'm I gonna would, find I it. And I'm gonna show it. you guys, and it's Jesus riding Tyrannosaurus, shooting oh. off uh, M16s, I love and. It. and, are you- and RPGs. Are you not
5: talking about Battle Pope? I am not. Oh, it,
6: is, it is a great Genesis? indie. Okay, Fun fact, great minutes. indie. Okay, He's a friend of Dirk Manning's, which is how I found out about him.
3: I just want to say Dirk Manning it, is one of the coolest names I've heard in a long it really time. Is. We
2: need to get he the uh, M60 shooting Jesus on a Tyrannosaurus into the mystery universe. Because yeah, right. I would and love to see what? those two characters it, team it up. Can we and just, I mean, <laughs> Jesus would totally show exist. up in this. Yeah, that's actually really
3: true. Armageddon's going on. we got Rapture going on. On. You, you could explain. The There's the antichrist. antichrist. Like some so kind Christ of has to exist. Monster. Jesus has to come back. And oh, And I think and the, I think
2: the T-Rex a is
6: named name so Sir Sprinkle Fox.
3: At the,
5: at the end of the rapture, he's supposed to come back, right? That's Right in the he, dinosaur. He,
6: but, okay, hey, the best part is the Tyrannosaurus, I think his name is Sir Sprinkle Fox or something like that. son of God came.
3: There's so many people talking right now. All right.
2: What? did everybody just say
4: the best part of that whole we're thing about is that what uh, is that know. everybody went really quiet and he's just like i'm in a bunker <laughs>
3: <laughs> a bunker of emotions
0: <laughs> one minute
3: okay
2: somebody who was just talking but only one of those like four people please say what you were saying <laughs> i have no idea what i was even
5: talking about anymore
2: we, you were really passionate no, about what you were and saying I were
0: talking about how if jesus was a person. <laughs> he, would, <laughs> he wouldn't he wouldn't he wouldn't necessarily have to come back during the rapture. He's the kind of dude who'd be like, Oh, you want me to come back Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like crucify Hell me? No. Nah, I'm cool in the ground. Like I'm yeah, I know it's cool. <laughs> like I don't need to come back. That's really all it was. It was so unrelated. Okay, bye.
5: Gotcha. Yeah, my thought was that though, um relating oh, to okay. that, what started that guy. <laughs> Tangent that we went off on was that isn't the end of the rapture when Jesus returns? So maybe we can't see Jesus in the story. Well, maybe we'd see him at the very, very
2: yeah, end, like the like total the last end. issue. What do we
3: yeah. want to though? I thought that that was I mean no, because then Mystery's He's gonna in the die live this, uh, in the end of this miniseries because they meet this like all white dude, dressed real fancy and uh, talking and stuff. I was like, oh, this is, is this Jesus? Is it the devil? I thought it was yeah. Lucifer, yeah. I thought it was Satan, yeah, for it
0: sure. It was a little
3: too suave for Jesus. There were but, a couple but, moments where I had, like, because I thought the Jovian
2: was supposed to be Jesus because, like, Jova is another name for God, so I thought it was like, true, okay, man. like, here's what Jesus. Gosh, and then I ultimately that? realized that... <laughs> I ultimately realized the other dude was the Antichrist because he was referring to, like, his father and things his father had done with, like, the rapture and stuff. So that was, like, the only clue. But I had the same initial reaction. We have to move on. Oh, Jesus is talking to him. All "All right. Okay. So welcome to uh, the third segment here. Uh, We're going to dive into mythology and theology. Um, there's a whole lot of different aspects of all different sources that all kind of blend in together here from Cthulhu with the whole Lovecraftian Mm. thing to like the Antichrist from a lot of the apocalyptic uh, scriptures like uh, Revelations. Um, We've got uh, God, uh, his angels are here. There's all kinds of stuff. So how is this all like related? How do they all intertwine? And where does like power sort of come from here? Who really has like the edge in this whole story? Like there's, there's so
3: much going on. It was, like, hard to kind of process everything. Seems like God's kind of... Well, if we're... If the Heavenly Host is... The Heavenly Host and the Ho, the the, the Hovian, Ho, Hovian are the only, like, supernatural good guys that we see, with the exception of Mr. E, which... And, and he's not really fighting any wars here. He's just kind of trying to save his family, Doing doing him. God seems a little outmatched. There's... You know, the churches all got killed. Uh, they mentioned specifically that the churches—they get raptured—got taken out, maybe. But Aha. The so believers got raptured. The anyway. believers got raptured, and the heavenly host is fighting off Cthulhu. But just based on the fact that Cthulhu is existing in the same universe as like the demons, you got to assume that like God's not doing so great. There's a lot more bad. We see a lot more bad guys than we do good guys uh, throughout this this.
2: Arc. Which is like a very interesting point because, like, if we're allowing the Lovecraftian horror into this universe, where does that line get drawn? Are there other good guys out there? Do the Greek gods exist in this universe also? Are they like helping out?
6: Like, what are they would they I would love dicks? to see like Ares or like Zeus or Athena or just somebody pop out and just like, start yeah, wouldn't that be neat? Like, but like, that's what
2: I'm saying. Like, where is the line drawn? There's well, like, maybe they're in Europe. I mean, we
6: are. That's
0: true. That's America, a very good point.
5: So. Also, in a world where there are superpowers too, it's like we have like that superhero figure. So I thought it was True. interesting how many different, seemingly really, really faraway mythologies are kind of brought together and synthesized.
6: The possibilities are endless.
5: Yeah, really, honestly, I, I don't think there's anything that I could see being out of place in this book.
2: What uh, was interesting to me was, uh, and Sean, you kind of brought this up, is that the angels seem like totally outmatched in the Cthulhu fight. And I was kind of wondering about that whole scene there because it seemed like everyone was like all united. Everyone was banded together. The angels are totally going to succeed and all that. And then once Mr. Re comes in and is like, no, this isn't going to work. That's when like there's like this moment of like everyone's faith is shattered. And like once that happens is when everything sort of falls apart. So I I had this uh, sort of notion when I was reading it that Mr. Re, by causing this lack of faith, almost made the angels lose because, like, maybe their power comes from the faith people have in them, you know?
1: That's an interesting perspective.
2: Yeah, I hadn't considered that. Yeah, neither had I
6: opening our mind to so much.
2: I, I don't know. It was just because, I, I mean, they the angels were like so confident right up until that point and then all of a sudden right. everything fell apart. But like, Mr. Rhee and his Although- relation to everything was just very interesting to me throughout this whole thing. Like, the way he <laughs> relates with the Antichrist, the way that he's viewed by the Antichrist and his master, the other monsters. Like, he's a threat but he's a tool. He doesn't know how powerful he really is. Is he really all that powerful? Like, the Antichrist
5: almost seems to treat Him as like a peer, it seems.
0: I mean, to go back to what you were saying about.
5: um... A thought I had about that is I don't know if I think the Antichrist looks at him as a peer. Because I think he makes he makes the comment about how you're only alive because you amuse me. Right. Yeah. I don't think that's something you'd say to a, a creature that you really like are afraid of or respect unless, I guess, maybe he's trying to play some mind games there. Yeah. But, yeah. but I mean, like, how many times have you seen that same kind of thing being said by a bad guy to a good
2: guy? Like, oh, that's I'm true. only letting you live because... And then the good guy ends up being like, oh, yeah, well, screw you. I'm James Bond. You should have killed me when you had the chance instead of putting me in this well, elaborate although,
6: trap. Though, Mr. E has been pretty much a failure in general. <laughs> well, let's be honest. He's generally failed it. At- most of his tasks that he's tried. To try instead to summon, of, a uh, yeah, try summon a demon? Yeah, try to summon a demon. Kill his family. Uh, try to save some kids. They all died except right. for like one, and one made me
3: mysteriously. And one somewhere killed else. the other. To one, be
2: well. fair, he was apparently really, really good at summoning demons. He just was really, really bad at coming up with ideas for how to save his family's financial situation. Yeah.
1: I okay. think that that's a fair point. He, that Yeah, that that is a huge theme throughout the entire series that he's really a powerful individual, both as far as his will and and his ability to use magic. It's where he lacks is in his ability to see things through. He doesn't think about the consequences of his actions. He doesn't think about the alternative angle. He can he can recognize wait, something is wrong in this church, but it that thought doesn't result in him taking action he just continues to go down the same road but i would counter that nowhere in this story or in volume one is he portrayed as a person as powerful as the antichrist where we see him in in volume one he's more again handling street level issues when he does come up against um the demon and uh mr faust he gets beaten and that's not something that um I, like, I don't even see them as being on the level of the Antichrist. Right. So for him to lose there, I kind of see the Antichrist as a lot higher than just a, a, a regular demon. So I felt that the Antichrist really was just toying with him and kind of saying, hey, you're a cool kid. You know, I patted him on the head. Because
5: it kind of seems like he just – he struggles with even any demon. Like yeah, anyone exactly. that he encounters
1: is like he's immediately
5: like we need to run. Like – and maybe it's just because he's trying to protect the kids. But I mean like – you know, it definitely seems like his life is always in danger when yeah. he meets a demon. So I don't, I didn't get the feeling that he was particularly powerful overall.
3: Which is interesting because from what we see of his powers, like he's good at summoning demons, but the the underlying thing, at least to me, seems to be that it's really hard to do good when you're using satanic magic. In the the fir- little bit of the first volume I read, there's. Uh, a- forget the name, but there's a sorcerer who's like, oh, I figured out how to like contain a demon in an unborn child of a pregnant woman. And he's like, that's bullshit. And he throws the, you know, he kicks the guy's ass, I think. Yeah, yeah, Um yes. Which begs the question, like, okay, Mr. like, what were you going to do with the demon? Like, how are you going to figure that out? It's a demon. They're not exactly like, oh, you, you got me, good guy. Like, yeah, we're going to give you guys a bunch of gold. Like, that. he has these powers of evil, essentially, and, how, and he's trying to do good with the powers of evil, which, which might be one of the reasons why he's not effective at Kicking demon ass that, because he's got yeah. satanic magic, and that's that's, that's Lucifer's good boys. They're doing. Mm-hmm. Lucifer's work. That's a really
1: interesting point, because it's never explicitly stated that the magic is good or evil. So I I, I wanted to ask you, why do you automatically assume that it is evil?
3: I just assume, based on the the universe that's been set up, the Armageddon's happening, and the couple times we've seen him like with pentagrams on the floor, and like...
2: The fact that he's using magic to summon demons. The
1: the, the demons But he also uses it for good, though. Yeah, but but you can use use bad bad magic magic
2: magic for for good.
1: good. Sure, but okay, so like guns, for example. I could use a gun to kill an innocent person. Or I could save everybody's life. Like so, what
0: constitutes as bad. Right. Yeah. I kind of I look at that's the thing
1: though. Yeah. I mean, I guess it's like with
5: magic you have to acknowledge that there's like a different quality there though, because it's fictional, obviously. Like a gun is an object magic that is, is real don't care. Is is, <laughs> yeah, it lives in Disney World. But um yeah, like a gun is only as good or bad as the person wielding it. Whereas like you can argue that there is maybe some morality to magic based on like where the source is. If well, the source of the magic is the devil. Then it's just, look
4: at just looking at, you know, if you're looking at the, the status quo established in this series that God is a thing and angels are a thing and the apocalypse is happening and the rapture is happening and all these things are happening. If that's all real, then magic that summons a pentagram would be on the evil side of
3: Right, absolutely. Morality. If One would assume.
2: Well, if we're accepting that God is a thing, <laughs> then it's like a very accepted thing within Christian religions that magic of any sort is a sin. So it would be like, it, it would have to have that it's negative, pagan. evil connotation just by virtue of the fact that we're in a universe that exists according to God's rules. It's His Armageddon, it's His Rapture that's being played out the way that it was, you know, written in the Bible. But right?
5: But does it because, like, exactly. cause, cause Cthulhu's there? So there are these other right. elements where it's like God's angels are able to be challenged by Cthulhu, and I, well, I forgot to bring this up earlier because I mean Cthulhu's an old god, so you would assume that like he's would be closer to the level of the currently reigning God, and like maybe that's how this universe. Universe works is that we go through ages of like reigning gods or something like that. Getting
6: to the whole like Christian theology, which if you look at Revelations, how most it's mostly viewed, which is not the way a historian or theology would view it, but most Christians have a general view of things go to shit for a while until like the very near end. Then God's like, oh, I'm the fucking man. All right, everything's (laughs) eliminated now. Antichrist, everything's dead. So basically, this, if you're following along with general, you want to call it Christian um, thought. Thought thought process is not something like theological or something more historical from an academic point of view. But if you follow the general thought process for that, yeah, this would fall online. Like, yeah, the angels are going to get (laughs) fucked up. Everyone's going to die. Everyone's going to go to hell. It's like Ragnarok. Yeah, it's it's Ragnarok until the end where God comes back he's like yo don't forget i'm the <laughs> man and then eliminates <laughs> everything
4: god shows up and makes like the ultimate face turn <laughs> yeah exactly yeah he comes in he's john cena coming in at the very end you can't stop <laughs> <Ba-ba-da-ba! laughs> no,
1: I, I really hope that time happens. i i have a thought if, though if god is
6: john cena i could believe it
1: i'd be mad um <laughs> <laughs> I, I, <laughs> i'd be pretty tight yeah
0: i'd be pretty
1: ever lost <laughs> i'd be in church guy, i'd be answer. in church on sunday So, but the thing
4: is, though, Satan CM Punk, I'm actually really cool with that. That is cool. Might become a Satanist.
0: (laughs) The (laughs) thing is, no Satanists have it down right now. Like most of their rules are just like, do not like approach another human being unless they have your consent. And it's just like, okay, that's that's um, that sounds like a human thing. (laughs) Yeah. Well, there's
6: other Satanists that believe the way to save the world is to like. Do what, like mo- they believe Satan is like to fix his mess? Like you have to make like demons and stuff good. That's another version of Satanist. Like <gasps> because he became a fallen angel and died, you have to now like make up for his sins. And, yeah, because like, isn't and
0: Satanism like? I don't know if I'm getting this right, but no, there's like, like
5: several different versions. It depends oh, on what's okay. Yeah, yeah some heard, like, Satanists was, like, just like, want to watch the world burn. Like, yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. Well,
5: there because there's like an- I think you're, what you're talking about is like Anton LaVey Satanism, which is not focus on the worship of the devil. But if you are like a Satanist that worships the devil, they're like. Like there's certain sects of Satanists that worship the devil and worship evil, and it's like the more stereotypical yeah, vision of Satanism. Yeah, exactly.
1: Metal. black metal. That's it's a, like that black sounds metal. Sounds right. yeah, weird, uh, what? What vehicle are we in now, Chris? What? What vehicle are we in now?
2: Uh, tugboat,
0: we're still I on think, the tugboat. I think
6: we just moved on to like a Okay, a spaceship
0: okay one minute, A barge on doctor, fire. Or not Doctor, oh Mister? my God, Mr. Ree. Please, call is him by he, his He's not a doctor. He we could be, he we, don't could
2: be that. That. we don't know there that. We don't know There was actually... He's not Doctor Ree. One other thing that I, I wanted to talk about also, you keep bringing up the character of uh, Mr. Faust from Volume 1, and the name and the connotations with, you know, demons and all that bring up uh, Dr. Faustus, who I'm assuming that's an intentional reference to. The old, mm-hmm. uh, I think it was like a German play where uh, Dr. Faustus sells his soul to the devil. He, like, learns necromancy and can, like raise people from the dead and shit but like ultimately realizes that like he sold his soul for like immortality and is doing absolutely nothing with yeah. it so he's like oh shit like i kind of screwed myself over because i'm gonna live forever i've got no soul like so i, I don't know i just thought that was kind of cool it's like so there's not only ties to like arthur uh or hp lovecraft with uh, cthulhu and not only ties to the bible but there's also this other mythology being brought in from uh third party sources as well you know classic <laughs> literature and whatnot that
1: That was something that I'd wanted to bring up too when we were talking about, you know, Christian, you know, theology and being a part of this and how that automatically makes magic bad. Well, the thing is that they don't, they don't discuss aliens in the Bible. They don't. They don't acknowledge Cthulhu in the Bible. So I kind of feel like in this universe, everything is at play. Some and would argue that is, they
3: do talk about aliens should, in the Bible. No other gods but me.
6: Nah, in the Old Testament, if you look back at it, Yahweh is actually part of a pantheon where they get the term Yahweh is from. Um, What's Gilgamesh? What was what? Uh, Babel Mesopot- Yeah, he was Babylonian. Yeah, that is where he actually comes from, which is why Baal is his like mortal enemy in the Old Testament, is because it actually comes from Yahweh, is from the pantheon of and, that religion and then eventually the Jewish people segue into yeah, we, one and then monotheism. Long, yeah, monotheism and there are if you look at the Old Testament originally they acknowledge all gods and then later in their term of worship there is only one God and
2: there are references that people like look at as aliens uh, Ezekiel talks about wheels of fire that are flying right. in the sky that people have interpreted as aliens and so alien's they might be the right they group. might be in the Bible they
1: might be but I think generally accepted there are no... Not
6: if you're that guy from Ancient Aliens because that's what that show is <laughs> all about. I'll say it's aliens, but
1: that's perfect. You got the hair with the... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. It's my boy, Giorgio. This is great for a podcast. <laughs> making a visual reference. Yeah, yeah we right? do
2: need that visual there. That's why you got to right. watch it on YouTube. We all got right. to uh, go. wrap up segment three here. All right, so our final segment for the podcast on the Tales of Mystery is focusing on the art in the story. And uh, Sean, as uh, somebody who's read a lot of the... Uh, tales of mystery and more than we all read for the podcast you uh, might have some insights
1: as to the art and differences between volume one and volume two so first of all I want to say that the art in volume two is definitely better in my in my opinion but there's a there's a key element that I really can't say was in Dirk Manning's head but I think it might have been the four issues of Carmageddon are in color they're very bright and all of that type of stuff and of course there are angels involved and everything else volume one has, it's totally colorless. There's There are no colors and it's a very dark and grim world. Whereas of course, you know, there's a lot of bad stuff happening in Carmageddon, but it's still very bright and there's hope involved. Volume one is kind of a hopeless book. And I thought that the lack of color really helped to sell that. And I think that what they were going for was after the rapture, God has kind of left earth to itself. Everybody who's left is a sinner and that's kind of it. And so the colorlessness of the first volume reflects that. So
2: you said you liked uh, the art from Volume 2 better. How did the rest of you guys feel about the art in Volume 2?
6: I agree. I like Art uh, 2 rather than 1. And plus I a color too. I liked having... I just like color. I'm not a big fan of black and white books. Although when you look at it that deep, that makes sense. But if I'm going to take color over black and white, color all day. I mean, I can't compare
2: the, the two different volumes because I only read Volume 2. But like, sorry, you're not cool enough. Sorry. but uh, Sorry, not
4: sorry.
2: Volume 2, I, I didn't... There, there were certain scenes where the art actually kind of bothered me a little bit. Like I felt really? like
4: Same.
2: I felt like there wasn't enough uh, dimension to things like a lot of the coloring made things come off very flat. Like uh, one example in particular was like the woman that shows up in the beginning that he's telling this story to. She's standing there in the lingerie, but it didn't seem like she had any dimensions to her. Her skin was just kind of one solid color and the shadowing didn't really seem to give her a whole lot of like three dimensional quality to me.
0: I actually agree with you in that sense because I don't think the art, the art was bad or by any means. I think very sincerely that it might have just been that I wasn't personally into the art because I've seen art like that before. Like I haven't been able to read Sex Criminals because it had like a similar art artistic approach, even though Sex Criminals is an amazing comic. And like for this, I feel like the art is appropriate. But because we were just talking about like genre and everything, it's kind of like, well, I would have... I mean, it sounds kind of shitty to put it this way, but I would have wanted more commitment in the sense that, like, if he was going for a horror, like, it should have been, like, shady as fuck and, like, creepy and weird. But, like, instead, it's, like, a very ingestible and, like, readable comic, which is great. Like, that's, that's, like, number one. But at the same time, it's, like the story and everything is there that he could have explored more and he could have spanned out.
5: Yeah, see, I, I really like the art, so I'll be a counterpoint for that. Uh, the things that... I, I agree with you on some of the decisions with coloring, but particularly the thing that stuck out to me the most was, like, I thought there were a lot of really weird lettering choices. Like, I think that, like, sometimes it seemed like the font would change seemingly for no reason, and um, I thought that a lot of the, uh, like, the actual, um, like, the onomatopoeia, like, action kind of moments, those all felt very flat to me. And I thought that a lot of those choices were really uh, kind of in line with what you guys were saying, where I, I would have just liked more, and they felt underdeveloped. But in terms of like the line work, I, re- I really did like that. I thought that the um, the art itself was good. I think the coloring there's definitely some room for improvement. And you know, again, like the lettering was just a lot of it was, especially at the end, like the Antichrist font. I thought was like mm-hmm. really obnoxious yeah. to read. I, I, completely yeah,
0: I had a hard agree time reading some of that yeah. stuff too
3: because just. um,
0: I mean, to go off that as well, like this isn't necessarily about text, but does anyone else did anyone else have a problem with like not even panel design, but like what he chose to showcase basically like the actions that he chose to showcase? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I was just like, you could have capitalized this on a little, but it's like all transitional somehow. And I was just like, especially for a four issue, I was just like, because I care about the character, I'm just like, I would like to see like even like a flash of emotion or like. I don't know something more that wasn't just transitional
5: yeah I, I think part of that again is like coming back to this idea that or at least my point is that I think it was too short is that like there isn't there wasn't room in the you know I don't I don't remember exactly how many pages it was if it's the standard or not but it's like you know 20 something pages and there's not room for like a big emotional spread or like an action totally, sequence yeah. that's like a big you know double page kind of thing that doesn't have any dialogue because we only have so many pages to get this story out the whole thing is like a, you know it's like 100 pages and it's like that's not a lot of time to get, you know, this much story out and develop all these characters that we also have to kill off.
4: See, I I guess I'm going to be kind of a counterpoint. I liked the art. And I actually, I liked the, the panel design. I liked the congested feel of it. I wasn't the biggest fan of the story itself, but I, I thought that the art really fit not only not only the story content-wise, but I really thought like that conge- the congested feel and the panels and the lack of gigantic spreads kind of fit with the idea that this is this is a story of what's ha- of down to earth, while everything happening above mm. is just way out of the grasp to comprehend. Like a gigantic two-page spread kind of like opens up what's happening above and thematically, I don't think that would have worked because the characters don't really know. They don't see the whole... They literally don't see the whole picture of what's happening. So much of this is... It's beyond the comprehension of of a normal person or even of the the street-level magical wielder that we've been talking about, however you want to phrase mystery. So I I dug it. I I think
1: that's an interesting way of looking at it, actually. I think that looking at it from that perspective really adds to the theme of it. But I think if you're if you're not looking at the theme and you're just reading the, the book and looking at the art, I could see why some of you guys feel like it was lacking. I personally did like it, like Brian and Pete. Yeah. But I, I, I could see where you guys are coming from, for
0: sure. Well, I have a question about that, though. Because do you think that it's... Because we talked about it a little bit too, Sean, before. But do you think that it's the artist or the writer's responsibility to make the story accessible for just anyone versus kind of just banking on people knowing what they're going for?
1: I think that that's that's a tough question to answer only because it all depends on what the end goal is, right? So for me, and just in in reading this story, I think that Dirk Manning is not as concerned with accessibility as he is with telling the story that he wants to tell thematically um, as far as his characters are concerned. And so I think that what's left out, if we're right in assuming that this was all orchestrated, what's left out is deliberate and it's up to us as readers to kind of catch up and interpret it the way that you know we're kind of talking about it
2: and to sort of comment on that on like his uh freedom to tell the story that he wants to that's sort of summed up by mr re in a moment where he's taken photos of all the dead bodies and the carnage everywhere when the kids are insisting like, we need to bury our parents. And he's just kind of like, all right, look at this and tell me, do these monsters care about your religious traditions? So it's sort of, to me, that's kind of like the author just saying like, I'm just going to have fun with this. Like there's going to be Cthulhu in here. There's going to be superheroes. So like, I don't really care about what specifics are going on in terms of the religious rules and things. I'm just telling a story, you know?
1: Yeah. It's almost like leave your rule set at the door. We're doing something totally different with this and I I really appreciated that take on this story. That's what speaks
5: to me the most about it in the first place. Is like and that's I guess part of why I think that both like the story and the art don't really like service the the actual narrative so well though. Because as much as I really enjoyed the story that I was told, as much as I really enjoyed the art on every page, I feel like Like, we're talking about how it was intentionally this really small story about this small character in this big world, and I can appreciate that in, like, every single level, but, like, I think that this, like, the narrative overall suffers because of it, because we are left with so many questions that we can't answer, and we don't know if they're going to be answered in the next book, because you said it yourself, you left volume one with tons of questions that were not answered in volume two, so, you know, how many more volumes am I going to have to read before I start getting answers to some of my questions? You can only string me along with, you know, teases for so long before, you know, like, We really need some payoff.
0: And especially with art, it's like that's the most accessible way to inform a reader or someone who's buying the comic that is the fastest way to convey a message or information like that's the quickest way you can have one image that tells everything that you need to know for like like, at the
2: very end of the series the image of like the blood and you just kind of understand like oh shit this kid kid just killed his sister there's
0: like implications to or like there's implication and room to interpret what the image says versus like just text and like again uh, like just it's so redundant at this point, but like, yeah, I would have wanted more. I wanted to wanted to like have it, have more room to breathe because like if it did it would have been so interesting just to see.
5: It's because it is so interesting. Yeah. There's so I have so many questions about this universe, about these characters and like those are all good things. Those are things that you want your reader to walk away with but I would rather have gotten some of the, the answers rather than the questions. I think yeah, that's what's great about Yeah it's a little frustrating
2: because like you said too like you don't know if those questions are ever going to be answered so you know you have these questions that are raised that it's very frustrating not only just because of the general frustration that comes with being a fan of any series where there's the anticipation of what's coming next, what's going to happen. But now there's not only what's going to happen, but
1: what isn't going to happen. What am I just going to be left wondering about? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I don't I don't want to sort of make this about whether who's right or wrong. I just would like to refer back to Brian's point about how we are like mr and like the kids sort of observers in this world where things are happening that we are not meant to process and so the way the story is told really reflects that and i think you don't have to like that and it, you know i don't think that that's for everyone necessarily but i i like to think that that is what dirk and the team were going for
4: i almost feel like if if there were to be a series that expounded upon this world and some of the larger things that we're talking about, it would have to be a separate one with a different set of characters. I don't agree with that. Or maybe even no specific character, maybe just like an overview of the world and how it works. Because I feel like even if you have questions about the world, I feel like the Mr. Reese character works on this ground level of not knowing everything that's going on. Yeah,
2: he's not involved in like the real big...
1: Scale stuff like the Cthulhu exactly. fight. So, so if to that was see be that, shown, we would need to. I feel to... like that would
4: have to be shown in like a sister book. In
1: yeah. fact. If you read volume one, it's presented in a completely different style. It, there's a lot more room to sort of tell the story. You find out more about his character than I think you did in volume two, because volume two is more just I'm going from place to place with these kids. I have this one objective. Mm-hmm. Volume one is a series of different stories that almost feel disjointed, but end up relating. And it gives you the opportunity to see how Mr. Ree reacts in different scenarios. So I, I think that for what he intended with this particular story, what he did here makes sense and that volume three will probably be markedly different from one or two because each one is a different shade of this character's world
3: volume one also adds more to the overall universe absolutely oh, i didn't
5: know that you were the one who was saying
3: that i was like, Whoa. okay uh you just, and from from what i the, the brief pitches I uh parts that i saw there's there's okay. vampires in this world but the yeah. second story is him trying to stake a vampire and it doesn't yep. go so great because he's not very good at his job but um, it's hard to know
2: where hearts are
3: it is I don't, anyway, but, and, and moving on to the artwork. But he tries. He does try. I do love that about him. Oh, God. Now he went, my, my train got derailed. The artwork Art we're we're boat. The a The tugboat was yeah. derailed, the tug capsized. The
2: art for me reminded me a lot of uh, like those cel-shade style video games like uh, 13 for PlayStation 2 or like the Borderlands games. Yeah. Like it seemed very similar to that. Yeah, Mirror's Edge is another good example. So like the art, like it didn't bother me. I just like, I like a more realistic sort of style and this was very, very like, it was a stylized kind of thing, you know? Yeah, very sort of abstract, very like poppy. Had a lot of uh, similarities to like uh, the image like uh, sort of style on stuff reminded me a lot of red like I don't know there's just like that that general sort of cell shaded thing was what was uh, going on with it which I don't really have a problem with
3: it's just not like my preference reminded me of like a curvier brighter like hellboy sort of thing.
5: yeah absolutely sure. absolutely um I think especially like, with the use of minimalism like where sometimes you would yeah. get those like zoomed out views of the characters and they would not have the pupils they were just kind of like the little dot eyes and things that definitely brought me back to like hellboy or um is this name's escaping me but the first art who worked on Invincible uh, as well had like that kind of more uh back and forth between like a more min- minimalist and then like sketchier stylized kind of style.
6: We haven't talked about it yet but since we're on art how dope is the cover art? I think
3: that oh, has a oh, really vision. really like, cool yeah, yeah Like we're talking about cover the inside of the book. Beautiful.
2: The yeah. art is Yeah, it really insane. is. Absolutely. It but it's like such a typical. different style from like what's on the inside. It's also like a little bit misleading. Yeah. But
0: that's, that's so true. typical. Like, yeah, that's that true
5: doesn't true, always too. bother me yeah.
2: though.
0: It's so okay. I'm yeah, not even going to get into Yeah, cuz then
6: you have to get into sequence paneling and right. pin up. Right. Yeah. yeah right. You're right. But I mean the, the, cover, the cover art, art. The cover art is phenomenal. Yeah, it's cool. It's definitely really good, and I mean, you're right. At, at, I'm like, just looking at the, the, the cover book cover art. right now. I'm like, damn. You see the fire coming out of his head? <laughs> it's pretty. All right. Well,
2: that's uh, gonna have to wrap up our discussion about uh, the tales of mystery. And to uh, yeah, learn more, of course, uh, check out the comic yourself. Uh, and don't forget to tune in for more episodes for comic books that you need to read. This is our the end of our episode on the tales of mystery. If you want to learn more, go check out the comic. And don't forget to check out ComicsVerse on. Facebook, Google, Tumblr, Twitter, YouTube, uh, other things Instagram. Other media. Instagram, Yeah, any other Instagram. any social media, Instagram. Instagram. So uh, yeah, and we always have to sign off with somebody. We don't have Kathy here, but we do have uh Kay. Kay, do you have anything you want to sign off on?
0: Just listen to the podcast. see, <laughs> all right, cool. Awesome. Inspirational. Love all right. you. Bye.
2: Thanks a lot, guys. You're Thanks, not my dad. Guys. Don't forget to check us out in the comics first.